Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Are you ready to learn the keys to copywriting success? My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 20 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. My co-host Kate Sitars and I, along with the rest of the Filthy Rich Writer team, are sharing everything we've learned in our decades in the industry so that you can start and scale a successful copywriting business of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, guys, today we're going to talk about uh, what to do, or maybe more how to do it, um, what to do when you have to write about something that is, you don't feel is compelling. Um, maybe it's something that uh, you are not especially interested in, or maybe the thing in and of itself at the outset doesn't seem like it's compelling. It's it's not free. It's not new. It's not something that's going to transform people's whole lives. Um, and I will say too, as I make out that list, this is probably going to be a, a lot liar. of the stuff that you're working on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, with that said, we should probably dig in since it is going to be a lot of the stuff that you'll be working on. Oh. Yes. Uh, like with everything, and you might be like, yes, we know, but start with the creative brief for any project and especially these projects. And don't be afraid to reach back out to your clients as you start to dig in and feel like, oh, I really have follow-up questions or I need to speak with a subject matter expert on this thing to maybe dig into to their knowledge and understand, have a deeper understanding of what this product is. Sometimes even when you talk to these folks that, you know, have a depth of experience on a particular product or service that a company offers, you might not get anything that you use in your copy, you know, one-to-one -one of like, oh, they said that and that's a great line and I'm going to put it in my copy doc. Sure, that can happen. But more often than not, it's just having a baseline understanding for yourself to have the more knowledge you have about something, the more opportunities you can find in that information to start to think about what you could do to make something compelling. Mm -hmm, exactly. Well, and you know, the thing is, is that, that just because something is not initially compelling or interesting to you doesn't mean that it's not interesting to other people. You know, I've written for 
aerospace. I've written for tractor companies. I've written for, sure, I've written for some fun stuff, but I've written for some stuff that maybe at the outside, you wouldn't go, oh, wow, shiny and new and exciting. But the more you dig into a project, and like you said, Kate, dig into the creative brief, the more you get to understand why it's compelling for the target audience, because mm-hmm. that's what really matters, right? It doesn't matter if you're like, ooh, I want to buy that airplane part. You probably don't. But yeah. when you dig into it and you understand exactly why that specific part is so important and so compelling for your target audience, that makes it so much easier to, to write. It's very rare, I would say, actually, that we are our own target audiences. Instead, a big part of our job is to get into the heads of our target audiences and figure out what makes whatever it is that we're writing about compelling to them. And then I will also say that that can also make it more fun and compelling for you. Starting out, was I like, oh, yeah, aerospace, tractors? No. But the more I dug into it, the more I understood why the target audience uh, wanted these things, the more I got interested in it and the more fun it became for me. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I think the the key is to, in your creative brief, you might just say, okay, target audience. And maybe they're like, it is, I'm going to use an example from a, a client project I had. It might not be exactly accurate, but to give you an example, um, you know, it was like, our audience is CTOs, chief technology officers. This is a tech company I was writing for. And so I was like, okay, CTOs, that doesn't really tell me much of anything. Um, And then so you might have to dig further. Okay, what about those CTOs? What are their biggest pain points? What are their challenges? What are they looking for uh, in the service or product that you offer? What are your competitors and what are they offering and how are they positioning the product? How is your product different, better, smarter, faster, easier, whatever it is? And so once you have that understanding to dig in and create, CTOs, but maybe it's specifically CTOs of specific companies and not every CTO ever. Or, um, you know, in this case, it turned out we were writing a a whole new website copy, but they were like, oh yeah, the people that are actually going to be on our website are mostly reporting to the CTO. So they're going to be managers that then look at our site, read the copy and present it to their CTO as a solution. The CTO is not browsing around and doing research for a new product. They've got other things to do. They have people that will come to them with a solution. So it became, okay, the CTO is not actually kind of a secondary audience. Maybe they'll eventually end up if their their managers present this to them, but they're not going to be the main person that we're writing to. The people that we're writing to are the people that are actually going to use this technology on a day-to-day basis and need to get the funding, need the budget approved by the CTO to to buy our product or service. So it became, ah, okay, this completely changes now who we're writing to, what information they need to see. CTO cares about budget and what's like the end, like what is this going to do to the ROI or whatever. Um, Not or whatever. That's probably the two big things that they care about. Is this going to pay for itself and what does it cost? But the, the manager... That they need to know, okay, how's this going to change my job? And how's it going to change my team that works for me that'll probably even use it more than the manager? How's it going to change? Is it going to make their job easier, faster, better, whatever it is? And so what we were writing and which pages we were including that content started to completely change. Mm -hmm. That's such a good example. And it's also a good example of why you should not just take the the creative brief when it's given to you or take the initial answers and go, okay, 
but really be that partner for your client or for your boss and and think things through. Yeah. And because that like like you said, Kate, that can entirely change an entire marketing campaign. Yeah, that's yeah. a great point. Don't that. be afraid to get curious and just question question everything because it's probably you might think, oh, I don't want to ask this question. This seems stupid. It makes me feel like I'm not prepared. No, it makes you seem prepared because you're asking the right questions you need to know about their business that they mm-hmm. might not have considered. And if you've done your due diligence and done your research and read the materials that they've provided or have available to the public and you haven't found this information then that's mm-hmm. that's not on you. You've done your due diligence and now you need to follow up to get more information. Yeah. I haven't found a client yet who doesn't love it when you say, I want to dig into your business and understand it inside and out. Clients mm-hmm. love that. So do not be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. So one way, as we said, to, to make a, a product more compelling is to just understand why that target audience wants and needs it. But I guess the the other side of that that we were talking about is is well, I don't know. This isn't a this isn't a new thing. It's not a it's not a huge transformation in someone's lives. Well, so so what do I do then? How do I write about it? The answer is really kind of of a similar vein, don't you think, Kate? Yeah. So I think the key to remember when you're like mm, how to make something interesting that's just fundamentally not interesting maybe to you and doesn't seem like it's to, to take a step back and know that it, it might actually be pretty interesting to your to your target audience. It might be more interesting and compelling than you than you realize. Um, sure, it might not be free. It might not even have urgency. So you might need to create some some faux urgency, if you will, of um, I'm going to use this example again, but with the tech company, if the product, can you ask the company, hey, do you have any research or stats that you've done? They might not, they might have things to provide you that they just haven't provided you, hadn't thought about how to use in a way that is compelling. Mm -hmm. So to say, hey, the sooner that you, you know, the companies that have implemented our product service, whatever, have saved X amount in three months or whatever it is. And so then you can start to say, okay, is there's an urgency. The sooner that you start using this product and service, then the sooner that you see these results and can benefit your bottom line or whatever. Um, but so not being afraid to ask, again, for more information that you might not even know exists, it can't hurt to ask. But I think my, my favorite thing to do is, wouldn't this copy copy be great if we had this as mm. like the compelling supporting research document, whatever thing. And so almost like you're, I don't want to say making up, but you're like, this would this is what would make it compelling and just asking the client and seeing if they have anything like that that would support that point and so sometimes it's going to be no and you might have to go back to the drawing board but it is a starting point to say okay if i have this then ship sailing i'm i'm home free and i can write really really compelling rich copy um so asking for what you want to make the copy what you feel like would be the best possible version of itself um mm-hmm. in lieu of having that if the company comes back and says no we don't have this isn't actually true. This isn't true about our product. You're making stuff up about our product. Um, then I think it's it's more, again, going back and saying, okay, what is going to help this, this target audience? What What is the deepest benefit that I can come up with? And it might not be, you know, some benefits are going to be deeper than others. Some are going to be, this could save a life, uh, save the life of your patients if you're writing for doctors or, um, you know, make make people healthier whatever some big big benefits there might be some though that are just like this helps you 
cook dinner faster so you can spend more time with your family. Um, and that's a pretty mm-hmm. big benefit, but you might need to make kind of the secondary leap, if you will, of, okay, this makes someone's life or job easier. What does that mean? Does that have, mean you have more time to work on bigger projects and that are, that are going to even have a greater impact? Does this mean you can go home earlier in your day because your job, now you don't have to stay late doing whatever it is? So just thinking beyond. Yeah. When I think it's important, too, to not impose our judgment on the target audience, right? Mm-hmm. Just because we think, well, that's not a big deal, doesn't mean that whatever it is that you are writing about isn't the exact thing that someone has been looking for. Like, for whatever reason, I don't know why Instagram is targeting me for this because I am a woman, but it's been, it's I know, it's been men's t-shirts, but men's t-shirts mm. that are cut in a different way so that they hang differently on men's bodies. They look more tailored, but they're still relaxed. And I I mean, as I'm saying this, I'm like, man, if I were a guy, I would buy those t-shirts. But like the looking better in a t-shirt, sure. It's not like, woo, fireworks, life-changing. But at the same time, if you are the guy who is like, I love wearing t-shirts or I don't have to go into an office. And so I wear t-shirts every day or, or maybe do it or whatever. Um, no judgment there either, but, but, oh, I just, I don't like how I look. I don't like how I feel. That is a big deal. Everything that we are writing about is, is a solution to some problem, is an answer to a need. And it's not our jobs to judge how valid or important that need is, you know, if, if some guy puts on a t-shirt, puts on his t-shirts every day and goes, oh, God, I don't like how I look. It's a pretty big deal for him to find this other t-shirt that's cut differently and he puts it on, he, he looks good and he feels good. That is, and, and maybe, maybe nothing else will come of it except that he looks good and he feels good. But for him, that's a big deal. And it, yeah. I do want to be, caution all copywriters to not to go into it with the client hat on, excuse me, with the with the target audience hat on, because it can be very tempting uh, to go. Well, I would never, or I don't think that. So, but it's not. It's not about you. It's about yeah. you know. It's it's fun. Back to the fundamentals. We're connecting someone who has a want or a need with the company or the organization that has the solution to that want or that need. And again, sometimes it's a big want or need. It's a, it's a, you know, heart valve or whatever, but then sometimes it's, sometimes it's a t-shirt or it's eyeliner or whatever it is. But for that person that wants it, it is a big deal. And it's, it's on us to treat every copy project with the same level of of care and strategy and and creativity because every project deserves that no matter what because every person that we are helping this company sell to or or persuade or to message or communicate with every person deserves that yeah i love that it's not comparing yourself to the target audience but also not comparing one copywriting project to another copywriting project. So I think the t-shirt example is great. So t-shirts versus heart valve, two separate projects. And maybe you've worked on those projects with various clients. And so you did the heart valve one. Now you're like, ah, how do I, how do I bring any life to this t-shirt project to not even think about the other client, the other target audience, because it's two totally different things. And they're not, 
it's not apples to apples by any means. It doesn't, you don't need to compare it. Both of these things can be true. It's just like how everyone has their own challenges in life, right? And if your friend is going through cancer, but you're also going through a divorce, I don't know why I went really dark on these examples, but you're not going to compare. You're not going to compare. Like both of these things can be true that you're both having a hard time. It could also be a good example. Like if you're going out to dinner with a friend to celebrate and they got a new job and you got engaged, it's not like, well, mine's better for this reason. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's maybe putting it in the positive. So it's it's really just not about comparing project to project, audience to audience. It's really the right message at the right time to the right people. And I'm thinking about the team. We were talking as a team about bathing suits. I have a long torso. If someone advertised to me a one-piece bathing suit for people with long torsos, that would solve a challenge. Is it a one of my biggest challenges right now? No, by no means. But it would still be giving me the thing that I need. Uh, and again, that's what it's all about, right? Connecting whatever whatever it is you're trying to write about with the right people and the right message. So mm-hmm. not feeling bad or guilty that that message isn't as strong as some other completely different product or service that has nothing to do with what you're writing about in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that the key really is that is to not go into a project judging it. Now, certainly if you talk to a client, you're like, I don't want to take on this project. That's fine. You get to choose who you get to work with and what you certainly. But what I would caution you is is not going into a project and go, oh, this is going to be boring or this is an important project or this. Because the more you dig into something, uh, more often than not, and in fact, I can't even think of any project where I was like, "Eh, I don't know about this. And then I dig into it and I go, oh, this is really interesting. It's it's all about understanding and, and digging in and and getting to know the company, getting to know what they offer, getting to know the target audience, getting to know what they need, all of that kind of thing, which again is another reason why copywriters are so valuable because we don't just sit down and go, oh, thanks for that creative brief for it. Let me just write out some words. It's, we don't just write words. We get into we get into the minds of the target audience. We get into the minds of the people who are, are selling or trying to persuade. We we and and we we find a way to connect both of those through our words. It's it's not easy work, but it's it's valuable work. Partially because it's not easy work, but it's the the more that you dig into projects the more that you're going to find ways to make them interesting and you're going to find ways to make them interesting to that target audience as well. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And if if you work with a client who hasn't sat down with their target audience or you don't feel like you're getting quite into the, you're not able to get into the minds of that target audience, you could always ask your client, hey, have you done any client research? Have you done calls with customers to see why they purchased your product and what made them what that made them move forward with you? Or alternatively, have you talked with p- prospective customers that didn't go with you to find out kind of why why they went with another direction or why they didn't decide to move forward? Um, and they they may have done that work or it's something, you know, you could raise and that's not necessarily on you as a copywriter to conduct those interviews. You certainly can if you are amenable to it and you want to add that as a service. But that can be a great way to really make sure that you and the client know who you're talking to. And some clients really might not know who they're talking to. And you might have to guide them to at least get them in a, a better direction. You know, we always say if a client says, everyone's the target, it's men, women, all ages, zero to 99, uh, you know, 
like a board game made for ages five to 99. Uh, what if you hit 103? Aren't you going to play that board game? Um, point is, though, narrow, you can get them to narrow. You'll need to guide them to narrow it down to say, OK, well, who who actually is purchasing from you? Are all of these people purchasing from you? And if so, do you need different, you know, if you're doing emails, do you need different different flows for different types of audience? Do they need to hear the same exact thing? Or do each of these groups within your bigger group need to hear something slightly different, slightly more specific to their their needs and wants? And the answer is yes, they probably all do need to hear something slightly different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you need to guide your client to that. Say, okay, like this messaging is going to be a lot more effective if we can hone in on the actual groups that are making purchases from you and make sure that we're giving them the right message of what they need to hear and when they need to hear it. And so that would be another thing I would say is, is if it's not feeling enticing, it might be because you're trying to make it enticing Mm. for everyone. And then it becomes so general and vague that it's not strong copy. The more specific you can get in copy to really connect with that audience, the better and more effective it's going to be. And so if it feels watered down, that might be a sign to say, okay, we really need to to hone in a little further and focus this on a particular group or subset of our audience to make sure that it's going to do what this needs to do. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. That's a really great point. Yeah. They, as a whole, really, the concept is is dig in more. Dig in more to learn about the product, dig in more to learn about the target audience. And if the target audience is too broad, dig in more because it's there. The interest point is absolutely there. No matter what, no matter what you are selling, the interest point is there. And it's it's your job, your fun job, if I may say so, as the copywriter to, to find it and pull it out and then share it with the world. Okay. So that's what we have for you in this episode and we will catch you guys in the next one. Bye everybody. Like what you heard? Subscribe to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast so you never miss any copywriting tips, tools, or tactics. And if you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at freecopywritingtraining.com. We'll catch you in the next episode.